So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM, which is a Common Sea Inspirations production, produced here in a Common Sea studio here in Ada. And this, the 1st of November, it's the Feast of All Saints. My name is John Keeley, and help me to, produ- to present the programme again this morning. Shane Ambrose, good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? Good, thank you very much indeed for joining me this morning. And of course, I know you will join me in wanting to welcome our listeners who join us each week. And thank you so much indeed for, for joining us, for praying for us. Those of you who are struggling and those of you who we meet around Newcastle West area uh, during the week, thanks a lot for your support. And we hope you're going to enjoy yet another programme uh, here from Sacred Space. Reminding listeners again that our programme is broadcast uh, on West Limit 102 FM, 102 FM at 10 a.m. and 11 p.m. each Sunday. I'll come back to that in a second. Uh, the podcast of, of this programme that we record at the moment and any other programme is available on our podcast page, which is comeandseeinspirations.buzzsprout.com. And of course, any other platform you use for your podcasts uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. If you want to pass a message on to us, and we do like to hear from listeners, Please do so by texting us on 087-6088-667. That's 087-6088-667. Or you can email, uh, let's come and see inspirations at gmail.com. Now, just to, just a few little things, just to remind us, this, of course, the 10 a.m. Uh, slot each Sunday morning, this is what we know at this stage, includes Mass from Abbeyfield Parish. Um, and I know this is like that. And we thank indeed... Uh, Father Tony Mullins and the priests of, of um, Abbeville Parish for allowing us to, to join in their celebration. Now today at 3pm there's a special service, a, a special prayer service uh, in Abbeville Parish uh, Church and I think in, in other churches within the diocese. But we are on air at 3pm at, uh, to 4pm today to broadcast a prayer service from Abbeville Church. And this will be to remember all our faithful departed, especially our own. We're asked to, to have a candle close by, which will be blessed as part of the ceremony, and which we can lay on our loved one's grave at our, at our convenience. Uh, we'll finish off that hour with some, uh, with some appropriate music. So that's between three and four this afternoon. So we hope you can join us for that, and please pass on the message. Just one more little notice. Uh, we're also uh, praying the rosary with uh, Dana and Father Kevin Scanlon. Each, each weekday morning after the 11 a.m. news here on West Limit 102. So now with this part of the programme, we'll invite Shane to share some saints for the week for us. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, John. And so as you said, today, of course, is the 1st of November. So it is All Saints Day. And All Saints, it's one of the big um, festivals, if you like, of the church. It's a solemnity. So it does actually outrank the Sunday today, which is unusual, as regular listeners will know. So we're entering into November. So today is All Saints. Tomorrow is All Souls. And then from Tuesday, we're in the 31st week in Ordinary Time. For those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week three. Obviously, for November, the 1st of November, the 2nd, those praying the Psalter, it is, um, it is particular to the feast day involved. So as I said, Sunday is All Saints, celebrating all the saints of God. So that's the tradition of um, linking with the church triumphant, to use the old uh, wording from the catechism, so those that are in heaven. Monday the 2nd is the commemoration of all the faithful departed, or all souls, Uh, so that's linking in, of course, with those in purgatory. And then uh, on, so that's that's what we have for Sunday and Monday of this week. 
Tuesday is the feast day of St. Malachy, one of the great saints of the Catholic Church in Ireland, and a saint very much associated with Armagh, one of those um, officially canonised, as far as I'm aware. He's very much associated with reform of the Diocese of Armagh, restore the Monastery of Bangor, and of course, obviously associated with the Monastery of Meliphant, where he where it was the first Cistercian house to be erected in Ireland. He was a papal legate, and he returned from Rome in 1148, where he visited Clairvaux, and he died in the arms of St. Bernard, and is buried in the Abbey Church in France. Wednesday is the feast day of St. Charles Borromeo. Borromeo is very much associated with the city of Milan, a saint of the Reformation, of the, of the, of the, Reformation, or the, the Catholic Counter-Reformation. Cardinal Archbishop of, of Milan at the age of 21, very much associated with reform and implementing the reforms of the Council of Trent. Um, of, uh, of, and associated in particular with the catechism following the Council of Trent. And he's a patron saint of catechists and seminarians, and he died in 1584. Friday is, or sorry, Thursday the 5th, rather, is the feast day of St. Martin de Porres. He's a Dominican saint, Dominican lay brother, died in 1639. Once upon a time, a very popular saint in Ireland, particularly in the period coming up to his canonization where people were encouraging, uh, were encouraged to seek his intercession. So that's Martin de Porres. Uh, Dominican lay brother spent his nights in prayer and penance and his days working in the monastery, caring for the sick and the poor. And he had a strong devotion to the Blessed Sacrament. Friday is the feast day of all the saints of Ireland. These would be the canonized and un- the official and unofficial canonized saints. Um, and it's a particular day. It was a feast day set up the 19, I'm going to say about 1920, by Benedict XV for the Irish Church to commemorate all our saints, uh, not just Patrick and Bridget and Colin Kill and those, but all of our local saints in particular as well. Saturday is the feast day of St. William Borod. Uh It's an unusual one, actually. This is a saint associated with Northumbria, Benedictine, and but he founded a monastery near Milford in County Carlow. And then he went on to a mission at Utrecht, which is in Holland, as far as I know. And he was he was ordained the archbishop there and he died in 739. So it's one of those weird kind of saints that has an Irish connection. Now, obviously, just to point out to people that uh, for November, very much the month of the Holy Souls, and by tradition, an indulgence would have be available for people to get um, for the for the souls in purgatory from 12 midday on the 1st of November up until the 8th of November. Now this would involve us uh, uh, people that wanted to do it in terms of getting mass, getting conf- confession, communion, and obviously visiting a church graveyard to say prayers. Now just to note, obviously because of COVID, the Holy See has announced that the availability of the indulgence is available until the end of November. So hopefully at that stage, if we're out of level five, you can do your devotions to obtain the indulgence for the Holy Souls and still get communion and confession before the 8th of December. Um, But we're just waiting for confirmation from the diocese just in relation to that, how that's going to work practically. But just so that people are aware of that. Also, in terms of uh, just prayers in graveyards, again, we're waiting for official confirmation from the diocese. But our understanding is that there cannot be any organized prayers at this time, as they would be regarded as public prayers. Uh, but people can still visit visit their graveyards during the month of November. But like I said, we'll come back to that again next week on the radio program. We've asked for clarification and explicit uh, 
guidance from the diocese, but we can communicate that to all our listeners out there as well. As John said, it's the start of November, so at the start of each month, of course. But the other things that we talk about or that we mention is the Pope's um, prayer intention for the month of November. Now, just while I'm looking this up, I actually saw during the day that Pope Francis got a wrap across the knuckles, uh, John, because he has been very bold about wearing his mask. Yes, so it, I noticed. His own, his own staff in the Holy See, in the Vatican have actually uh, kind of given a small wrap across the knuckles just in relation to it. So just for him to lead by example. Now, in terms of the, the Pope Francis's prayer intention for the month of November, it relates to... Okay, I hadn't looked at this before I opened it. So it relates to artificial intelligence. Okay. <laughs> and we pray... We pray we pray that the progress of robotics and artificial intelligence may always serve humankind. I'd say now that's an unusual one. I have to say I wasn't expecting that. That's prayer attention for the month of November, John. And that's our celestial guides for this. You won't forget that one, Shane. Thank you very much indeed. Okay. Um, Shane said again, you know, just about those indulgences and so on and so forth. I just want to remind you about that notice again um, in regard to the to the prayer service in Newcastle in Abbeyfield Church this afternoon. So we will be on air from three pm to four pm today. That's to broadcast a prayer service from Abbeyfield Church, which is to remember all of our faithful departed, especially our own. And we're asked um, to have a candle. I think it's a beautiful idea to have a candle. Um, the priest will will bless the candle as part of the ceremony um, and then we can at our own convenience bring it to our own local grave our, the, the, the grave of our loved one I think it's a beautiful idea because I know just as Shane said an awful lot of people would have been used to right, to, make, to ensure that they can visit a graveyard and get the indulgence for the dead and so on and so forth Shane's just explained that but at least we can be part of it this week uh, three to four this afternoon now, of course, as people know at this stage, we can't receive Holy Communion, but we can make a spiritual communion. Because we all know that the best way to receive Christ is in Holy Communion at Mass. But we can't get to Mass. But we can still reach out to him by making a spiritual communion. And this is what we pray each program here on Sacred Space each Sunday. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So now we we'll go for our first bit of music. Thought it appropriate this week to play a piece of music, maybe to help us just to, to, to calm down a small little bit, as we kind of worried and uptight these days. This is by Margaret Ritzer. And it's from her album Music for Healing. And this one is entitled Carmelod.
Welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. Um, that piece of music we just heard leading us into this part of the programme was by Matt Maher singing a song, Because He Lives. So today being oh, the Feast of All Saints, we've decided to play a recording that uh, came to our notice during the week. It's from Bishop Barron, Bishop Robert Barron, and he's reflecting on the meaning of All Saints Day. So after listening to this, we're going to finish this part of the programme with Matt Maher again, and this time he's singing the Litany of the Saints. So first of all, let's listen to Bishop Robert Barron. Peace be with you. 
Friends, this year, November the 1st, All Saints Day falls on Sunday. So it gives us the opportunity to reflect on this wonderful feast day and uh, more particularly on what it means to be a saint. You know, one of the advantages of All Saints Day is that it emphasizes the universality of the call to sanctity. You know, if you isolate a given saint, you know, St. Francis of Assisi or Thomas Aquinas, they can seem so egregious. Like, there's no way I could ever be like that. But All Saints Day emphasizes, yes, the canonized, officially recognized saints, but also all the ordinary people that that we, we have forgotten about in history, whom God has remembered as saintly. So it reminds us that being a saint is the ordinary goal of the Christian life. Let me say that again. Being a saint, it's not exceptional, egregious. It's the ordinary goal of the Christian life. Everything in the church, I mean preaching, I mean the scripture, I mean the sacraments, I mean the Eucharist, I mean everything in the church is meant to conduce to the place where we become saints, we become holy. I've quoted before, it's one of my favorite quotes from Léon Blois, the French spiritual writer. There's only one real sadness in life, not to be a saint. When the young Jacques Maritain heard that, it changed his whole life. And it will change your life if you let it sink in. There's only one sadness. You say, oh gosh, I'm sad because I didn't achieve this goal. I didn't get the money I wanted, didn't get the career I wanted, didn't get the wife or husband I wanted. Well, okay, but those aren't real sadnesses. The only real sadness is not to be the person God wanted you to be. If you let that become the governing principle of your life, everything will change. So what does it mean precisely to be a saint? Well, a saint is someone who's holy. Okay, what does it mean to be holy? To be holy means to follow the will of God. Okay, what's the will of God? Love. That's what God is. That's all God is. That's all God does. God loves. God is love. To love is to will the good of the other. Okay, there you got it. To be a saint is someone who habitually wills the good of the other. A saint is someone in whom God is dwelling, in whom the Spirit is alive, who's holy, who loves. Okay, what if you thought of your whole life now under that rubric? My whole life is to be attuned to the path of love. Huh, willing the good of the other. What if I woke up every morning and said, that's what I'm going to be about today? Everything else, sure, I'll do all kinds of things. But all of it under the rubric, under the aegis of willing the good of the other. That's what it means to be a saint. Now, one of the best places to look to understand this more concretely are the famous Beatitudes. So at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus lays out these Beatitudes from the Latin beatitudo, happiness, happiness. You want to be happy? Be a saint. There's the whole gospel in a nutshell, if you want. What we all desire is to be happy. What's the formula? Well, the world tells you a million different things about happiness. The church lays it out very clearly. Look at the Beatitudes. Look first. How blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. Mercy, the lovely Old Testament word in Hebrew, chesed, 
which the King James renders as tender mercy. I've always loved that. Love in the, in the New Testament, agape, would be like hesed, tender mercy. You want to be happy? You want to be a saint? Be someone whose whole life is about chesed. Again, wake up in the morning and say, my whole day will be about expressing tender mercy. That's the key to happiness. Another way to put it, listen again from the Beatitudes. Blessed are the clean of heart. To be a saint, to be holy, to be blessed, is to desire one thing. You know, the heart, call it the deepest center of the person, the organizing principle of your whole life. To be clean of heart, call it unambiguous of heart. Single-hearted. Kierkegaard, the philosopher, said the saint is someone whose life is about one thing. I've always loved that. Again, it doesn't mean the saint has a monotonous life. It means everything in the saint is gathered because the saint's heart or deepest center is focused on one thing, which is chesed, which is tender mercy, which is the love that God is. Now, watch, everything else in the saint's life, from work and relationships and friendships and practical life and entertainment and everything else, fine. But all of it is gathered according to one great principle. You're clean of heart. You know what makes you unsaintly, unholy, and therefore unhappy? Is to be divided in heart. We know what that's like, right? Part of me wants to go this way. The other part wants to go that way. I've got four or five things that are governing my life. No, no, no. One thing. One thing. You're clean of heart. You know what you're about. Now, another way to put really the same thing, I'm just going through the Beatitudes. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Lovely. Righteousness, being set right. Doing the right thing. Being the kind of person you're meant to be. What do you hunger and thirst for? I'm preaching to myself here, everybody. I shouldn't be wagging my finger at you. I'm wagging my finger at me. What are we hungry and thirsty for? Well, all kinds of stuff. I'm hungry and thirsty for success. I'm hungry and thirsty for power. I'm hungry and thirsty that people will like me. I'm hungry and thirsty for for bodily pleasure. I wake up in the morning thirsty for these various things. You'll be happy. You'll be holy. You'll be a saint if you hunger and thirst for one thing, righteousness. That means doing the will of God. Again, think about this now, fellow sinners. When you get out of bed in the morning, ask yourself that question. What do I want? What do I want today? Now, you can parse that out in different ways. I want to, you know, I want to get to work. I want to do this and that. I want to accomplish these various projects. Yeah, okay, fine. But behind and above all of those things, what do you want If you're super honest, you'll uncover some of these attachments. Well, you know, deep down, what I want is to be a big worldly success. What I want deep down through all these things is for everybody to like me. What I want deep down is for my ego to be the most noted. Okay, that's the way we sinners think. You want to be holy, happy, a saint. 
hunger and thirst for righteousness. What if you went through your day now? Think about this. With every decision, what do I want? What do I want? Do I want to do the right thing? Do I want to follow God's will? Do I want to follow the path of love or something else? Because there's only one thing that your life should be about. If you're divided in heart, you're not going to walk this path. Really helpful. And then lastly, on these sort of positive Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers. They will be called the children of God. Trust me. When you hunger and thirst for righteousness, when you want one thing, you're clean of heart, when your whole life is about hesed or tender mercy, you will produce peace around you. Trust me. Trust me. Who are the peacemakers? Those who follow this path. The saints. It'll happen as night follows day. It'll just be the natural consequence of this great orientation of your whole life. Okay, now, I've been kind of hinting at this. For all these positive attitudes, there's kind of a a negative attitude we have to overcome. And you also see it in these Beatitudes. Listen. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Luke's version simply has, blessed are, are you poor. How might we read this? Blessed are you, happy are you, you're a saint if you are not preoccupied with wealth, one of the principal distractions from the path of holiness is wealth. We think that'll make me happy. That will make me happy. If I just get enough of, now fill in the blank, you know, the house or the car or the, or the bank account, whatever. No, you will not. In fact, lucky are you, blessed are you, happy are you, if you are not attached to Material things and wealth. Listen again. Blessed are they who mourn. And I know this can sound almost perverse. Like, what do you mean blessed are people that are, that are sad and depressed? It's just some kind of weird, you know, masochism. No, no. Read it this way. Blessed are you, happy are you, saintly are you, if you are not attached to and addicted to pleasure. Pleasure's good. Pleasure's fine. But if you make pleasure the center of your life, pleasure's the one thing you seek. And boy, there are a lot of people walk down that road. You're not walking the path of holiness. Because, you know, sometimes, everybody, doing the will of God means you're not going to be, you're not going to find pleasure in the the worldly sense. Just as doing the will of God means you're not going to be rich necessarily in the worldly sense. Keep going. Blessed are the meek. Oh, one of the other great substitutes for God is power. I'm unhappy because I'm not powerful enough. If I was just like those powerful people, I'd be happy. Give me more power and I'll be... No, you will not. Therefore, blessed are you, lucky, happy are you, if you're not addicted to power. You're not walking that path. That's not the one thing you want. The one thing you want is righteousness, is hesed, is tender mercy, is doing the will of God. And if that means you got to give up power, so be it. In fact, blessed are you if you're meek, see, not powerful. And then finally, blessed are you 
when they insult you, persecute you, utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. What's being said there, but how blessed you are, happy, holy, saintly, if you're not addicted to worldly honor. There are, there are a lot of people that walk that path. What my life is all about is being liked, being honored, get, getting awards, and don't they think I'm wonderful? And boy, if the people don't like me, I fall into a depression. Well, that's, a, that's a, just a negative path. How lucky are you, in fact, when you're not addicted to that? Because sometimes, I dare say most of the time, doing the will of God means you're not going to be liked. You're not going to be admired. Okay, so you want to be a saint. That's the one thing you should want. That's the one thing you should want. The one sadness in life is not being a saint. Here's the program. Here's the program. Make your whole life about chesed, tender mercy, being a vehicle of God's grace to the world. Rid yourself of all of those attachments and distractions that are keeping you from walking that path. Be single-hearted. Be clean of heart. Hunger and thirst for righteousness above all. And you'll walk this path that God wants you and everybody else to walk. You'll be a saint. And I don't know about you, but I want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. And God bless you. Saint Michael, Saint Timothy, Saint Elizabeth. Even 
So that was Liam Lawton singing The Clouds Veil. Vale. So welcome back again to the third part uh, of Sacred Space here. I'm with West Limit 102. My name is John Keeley from our Come and See studio here in Adelaide. So now, uh, at this point of the programme, it's, it's a part of the programme where we read and reflect on the Word of God. And before that, we ask Shane to pray this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this Word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your Word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Then let our eyes be closed and our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Shane. So the Gospel for today, the Feast of All Saints, a beautiful Gospel, a favourite of a lot of people, I'd say. It's taken from, from, from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, and verse 1 to 12. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up the hill. There he sat down and was joined by his disciples. Then he began to speak, and this is what he taught them. How happy are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy the gentle. They shall have the earth for their heritage. Happy those who, who mourn, they shall be comforted. Happy those who hunger and thirst for what is right, they shall be satisfied. Happy the merciful, they shall have mercy shown to them. Happy the pure in heart, they shall see God. Happy the peacemakers, they shall be called the sons of God. And happy those who are persecuted in the cause of right, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Happy are you when people abuse you and persecute you and speak all kinds of calumny against you on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. So that's the Gospel for today, the Feast of All Saints. Shane, you might have a thought or two on that, please. Yeah, it's an interesting, um, I suppose, Gospel in, in some respects. It's, um, it's, it's, it's one of those ones which I suppose we can be too familiar with, because of course it is the Beatitudes. Um, very familiar gospel to many people. Now, I don't particularly, I'm not a fan of this particular translation of the, of the Beatitudes, because it uses that, it uses that term happy. Yes. Um, whereas I, the, 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 you see it in other translations where they translate the word as blessed. Yeah. And um, I, for me, it, that's, I agree with kind you. Of, I think it makes a bit more sense in terms of what Jesus is trying to say. Mm-hmm. Now, a couple of things I suppose, I suppose the, thing, the thing about this is this is the start of, of course, what is the Sermon on the Mount. It's at the start of Matthew's Gospel. It's chapter 5. Very much here we have the example of Jesus kind of being seen as the new Moses. 
He's going up the mall. He's going up the mountain or going up the hill. Uh, he's sitting down, very much infused with the symbolism of the Old Testament, where you know mountain hills, the encounters with the divine, like Sinai and Horeb, sitting down, very much a position and an expression of teaching authority. You know, in the modern parlance, you know that's the cathedral that the bishop holds. He sees his chair in the cathedral because he is a, he has teaching authority or professorships at universities, or whatever the case might be. And Jesus is telling us, you know, this is this is this is this is um, this is this is the teaching that he is given. And I suppose it's interesting. I suppose the, the, the problem with it, I suppose, John, is the fact that you know it can be. Eh, what would the words you'd say? Because it's so familiar, we can kind of gloss over it a small bit. But if you think about it, the reactions are very cultural. They're very much upend our understanding of the world, and even in in the modern in the modern world, they're very much upend things, and they very much turn things around from you know right is mice kind of approach. And I suppose it's 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 for us. I suppose just just be careful, like you know, go working through them. The poor in spirit. You know, um, it's one of those ones, I suppose, those for those of us that are, for all of us, I suppose, it's are we aware of our lack of awareness of the divine in our life? You know, and, um, you know, the fact that those of us that need to be open to that outpouring of the spirit in our lives. Blessed are the gentle. Well, that one, I suppose, in many respects, I suppose, is, is I suppose, a slight bit... Um, Self-explanatory, I suppose, but also it's a it's a case of. So the question for us is, what do we understand by gentle? There, you know, in terms of it might also be those that are seen as the castoffs of society. Um, happy those who mourn. Now, I think for us at the moment, and particularly as we face into the month of November, this is a very key one, and that they shall be comforted. And for me, always with the with the the beatitudes. That one in particular, um, it's a reminder to us. Jesus doesn't say they will be, you know, they, they, that they, they, are, they are comforted. He says they shall be comforted. And it's a reminder to us that grief and dealing with grief and loss is a process. It takes time. It's not something that's going to be cured overnight. And in fact, sometimes it's not even cured over years where people will carry the pain of loss of a loved one with them for such a long time. Um, happy the merciful. Now, for me, that's an important one because it very much, of course, links in with current pontificate, with Pope Francis, uh, who probably, I suppose, more than anything else, will be known as the Pope of Mercy, and reminding to us of the mercy of God um, that is there for us, that those of us that want to seek it. The other interesting one was hunger and thirst for what is right. Now, when I was reflecting on this, John, a couple of things kind of struck me about it. And one of it was the whole um, BLM movement, the, you know, this Black Lives Matter thing that happened over the summer. And, you know, you're conscious of, 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 and the Me Too movement as well, you know, and that whole thing about hungering for justice and, and rights in the world. But also, I suppose it's just, it's, 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 um, it's a thing for us that, you know, another way of looking at it is hunger and thirst for what is right, they shall be satisfied. So that where we are looking for what is right in the sight of God, um, you know, it's 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 a challenge that's there for us that we should be able some way to be able to see um, 
see it being achieved in our lives. But the other side of it that, that struck me about is hungering and thirsting for what is right. You could also take that as hungering and thirsting for God. Um, you know, it's not just purely in a social a social context that we look at that. And so, you know, St. Augustine reminds us that we are always hunger for the spiritual in our lives. It's, it's something that's in us, that's innate to us, that's part of who we are as human beings, that we can't really turn off, and that the only time that it will be satisfied is when we actually see God face to face. Um, the Peacemakers was the other one, I suppose, that jumped out, um, you know, that very much we live in a world that's calling for peacemakers, you know, and it reminds it to us, you know, that we are called to be children and people of peace. And then I suppose finally was the one, you know, persecuted in the cause of right. And I suppose for me, John, just looking at that this Sunday, I suppose there was a couple of things that struck me about it. There's there's a lot of talk at the moment about persecution of, of, of and repression of faith and so on in Ireland. And while there is good cause and good argument for things that are being done at the moment in terms of discussions that need to be had. I also think that we need to be very careful in Ireland about trying to say we are being persecuted as Christians in the public space. Um, as someone who has lived and worked in countries where people have died for their faith, I think we need to be a small bit careful how we use that language. You know, um, you know, particularly when we look around the world, we look to places like Syria, we look to places like Japan or China, we look to places like, you know, the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, where people are actually going to prison and actually dying because of the faith that they profess. I think we need to be very careful of how we interpret and understand that language, but also to remember the, the promise that's given to us in it, that theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and the consolation that Jesus is trying to say that, better things will come for those that are faithful. I suppose the Beatitudes, I suppose they're very much kind of, you know, we last year, was it last year? God, it seems that only recently um, we had that, we had an election. And of course, there's the big, the big election in the US during the week. And of course, we get used to political manifestos and all the rest of it. And the Beatitudes are very much, I suppose, part of the manifesto of what it is to be Christian. The Sermon on the Mount if you read it through, it's quite you know substantial enough. We get it broken up to us in various different Sundays over the years. Um, and it prevent, presents to us the manifesto of what it is to be Christian and to be in the kingdom of God. And, of course, the reason that we're hearing it this particular Sunday is because it's the gospel associated with the feast day of all saints. And it's an example to us that those that we call saints aren't necessarily those that have, you know, the term has been raised to the glory of the altars. They haven't been officially canonized by the church. The saints are those people we know who have listened and responded to the divine in their life, who have encountered Christ in their day-to-day -day existence. Like that, you know, St. Teresa, Teresa of Lisieux, you know, in the small little things of the daily encounters that we have. You know, um, and that's something, I suppose, that should be a consolation to us as we celebrate the Feast of All Saints today. It's a celebration where we join with the community saints. And on this program in particular, we often, we, we talk about the saints every week. They are as close to us as Christ is himself. They are there to intercede for us. And on this particular feast day, we say, we, you know, we seek their intercession. And if ever a time more than ever that we seek the intercession of those who have lived the Beatitudes of their life, surely it is a time like we have at the moment where it's the world of uncertainty, where things are unsure, 
when we're not sure what's going to happen, the loneliness that's there in life, and seeking more than ever the intercession of these saints to ask the good God to stand with us as we face these turbulent Shane, thank you for so much indeed for those few words there. Thank you. A little something that I picked up myself there um, as I was reflecting and speaking about the Beatitudes. And this is, this is the kind of Christian we're called to be. It's these qualities which made saints, as Shane just said, and which will make saints of us too. They go far beyond what is required by the Ten Commandments. If taken literally, the commandments can be kept and not without great difficulty. Many of them are expressed in the negative. You shall not. So we can observe them by saying, well, I haven't killed anybody, I haven't committed adultery, I haven't stolen. Does that make me a saint? Being a Christian is a lot more than not doing things which are wrong. The Beatitudes are expressed in positive terms. They're also expressed not just as actions, but attitudes. In a way, they can never be fully observed. No matter how well I try to observe them, I can always go further. They leave no room for smugness, the kind of smugness the Pharisees kept in keeping the law. The Beatitudes are a true and reliable recipe for sainthood. I thought that was a lovely few words. And with that, um, just just for this Sunday only, I, I'd just like to read that Gospel again because I think it's so important that we might just forget about it. Just take those little few words that Shane shared and I shared. Maybe we might keep those in our minds as I read the Gospel again just to finish off. So Jesus spoke, and this is what he taught them. Happy are the poor in spirit, theirs of the kingdom of heaven. Happy the gentle, they shall have the earth for their heritage. Happy those who mourn, they shall be comforted. Happy those who hunger and thirst for what is right, they shall be satisfied. Happy the merciful, they shall have mercy shown to them. Happy the pure in heart, they shall see God. Happy the peacemakers, they shall be called the sons of God. Happy those who are persecuted in the cause of right, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And happy are they when people abuse you and persecute you and speak all kinds of calumny against you on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. So we're just as we come towards the end of the programme, just to remind listeners again, uh, between three and four this afternoon, we have, as I said, a, a broadcast for an hour from Abbeyfield uh, Church, where um, there's a prayer service where we can remember all our faithful departed, especially our own. We're asked to have a candle close by us, and this candle will be blessed. And as part of the ceremony, which we can then take to our loved one's grave at our own convenience. And we'll finish up that particular hour this afternoon with some appropriate music. So that about finishes the end of our programme this, um, this morning. Thanks again to, to Shane for, for joining me and, and trying to keep me in line. Thanks, Shane. All right, John. And, also, and then we'll go out with our final piece of music, one that I know a lot of people like. is from Liam Lawton. And this one is entitled Time to Remember. So for myself and Shane, thanks again for joining us. We'll do it all again next week. God bless now. Bye. Bye.
the fears and the faults. There's a time to be grateful for moments so blessed. The jewels of our memory will love these against. There is calm that is gleaming in our past we once knew. In our tears and our laughter, twas love brought us through. And there's a road we have traveled with the light is kissed that carries us onwards when loved ones are For all who we remember And for all 